So I know I've told this particular story before, but I remember one of our priests was preaching on this gospel, and he was getting quite passionate about it. Uh, and so he was free wording it somewhat. So he looks up and he says, you know, he says, "For I was hungry, oh, sorry, if I was hungry and you gave me food, I was thirsty and you gave me drink, I was naked and you came to see me." <laughs> and and the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole chapel understandably burst into tears and he kind of he lost his train of thought there for a second but uh it happens um, so it's a wonderful gospel also well the saints of the day are particularly inspirational for our gathering for tonight so tonight is uh this night of cherish so this uh woman's initiative here in the diocese of waterford and lismore to to reach out to to women of faith and women even maybe growing in the faith or open to the faith in order to discover the heart of the lord uh, ever more profoundly and so this is the the first of many uh tonight so you're all very very welcome indeed so our saints our martyrs today our saints perpetua and saint felicity and they are incredible women I always have such admiration for any martyrs, but maybe in particular martyrs of the early uh, church because the church now is established, right? Uh, in our day and age, we have the creed and we have uh, catechisms and churches and hierarchies and all sorts of saints that we can draw from. Back in the early centuries, that stuff wasn't even written yet. You know, like there the, the wasn't a... There the were various there were variations of the creed but there wasn't things weren't as kind of clear and standard and there wasn't all this tradition that uh that we have so when people follow the lord in those early centuries it was like it was the beginning it was like it was so so, so, such a such a a fresh and new faith and dare i say such a dangerous dangerous faith because it was still violently persecuted in various waves but uh in the end of the second century into the beginning of the third century, around the year 203, um, Saints Felicity and Saints Perpetua were arrested. Saint Perpetua was about 22 years of age. We know about this, see, with a lot of early church saints as well, we only know about them from kind of legend or it's legend mixed with history. It's, it's a kind of, it's, it's not always really that easy to know what's factual and what's not. But um, we have written accounts dating way back uh, to, to one from the, the hand of St. Perpetua herself called The Passion of St. Perpetua and St. Felicity and Companions. So she, she wrote these things. So we, knew, we know we have a, a good, accurate account of what actually happened. So it's credible, basically. So she's 22 years of age. She converts, and much against the uh, wishes of her father. She said, like, uh, I, the father seemed more or less to have her best interest at heart because he knew that if, if she converts, becomes a Christian... Uh, this could lead to her arrest. They live in northern Africa. It was, it was part of the Roman territories. Uh, so he, this was, could well lead to, to her being uh, arrested and killed. And so, and she points to a pot and she says, what is that? And he says, it's a pot. And he, she says, yes, we must call the thing by its name. I am a Christian. Just that's kind of her factual nature. Just I am what I am. And that is a Christian. End of story. So uh, she had a, a child. Uh, I don't know how old it was young it was a baby and uh, right she was arrested with a number of her companions by under the the, the persecution of, of, of Severus Emperor Severus and uh, imprisoned and they were thrown into a kind of a, a dungeon so you can imagine just North African heat right thrown into a dungeon with no windows 
and there were so many people crammed in the small little room with no light, barely any air. You just suffocate just by being there, you know. So it was just a, she, she said she has never experienced such pitch darkness in her entire life. And she was there with a good faithful friend of hers, Saint Felicity, who was about eight months pregnant at the time. So they were, they were threatened, they were, they were roughed up, uh, they were beaten uh, in, in the prison, and then they were sentenced to death uh, during the games, the so-called games. So between fierce animals and gladiators and that, they'd find some interesting, fun, entertaining way for everybody else uh, to, to dispose of these Christians. So it was, even in Roman law, illegal for a pregnant woman to be uh, killed like that because a pregnant woman uh, has an innocent life very interesting that considering modern today's day and age uh, back then a pregnant woman could not be killed because she's carrying an innocent life within her so she wasn't allowed to be executed so they were imprisoned for uh, a while and St. Perpetua's greatest suffering she says uh, was the absence of her baby the absence of her child. So in prison, the family were, her family were able to visit and they brought uh, her little child in to be with her. And it's, when you, when you read the, the, the account, and I'll say this is, this is factual, it's what she wrote herself, even though it's, it's 18 centuries old. Uh, you see, on one hand, such strength, you know, such strength of character and such courage and, and that perfectly married with such tenderness and maternity. It's not one or the other, and it's not that one uh, comes at the cost of the other. You can be so like, courageous and like tough, if you will, and at the same time be so absolutely tender and maternal. St. Felicity's time to give birth came while she was in prison, and she gave birth to a child, a little girl. And during the, the, the labour, the guards could, could hear her uh, in her distress, and they said, you think you're suffering now? Wait till the wild animals get hold of you. And she said, here it is I who suffer. Out in the arena, it will be Christ who suffers in me. Like, you see that the heart of these women, like, just that absolute resilience and courage and incredible. The child then was, was, was taken off and adopted by, by a family in Carthage. And so then they were sent out to be killed. Uh, yeah, just, I'm not sure if it's how, how important a detail it is. They were, they were initially supposed to be mauled by a wild heifer with big horns and but the crowd actually at that stage had seen all the men killed beforehand and they actually called out that they had had enough. They didn't want to see these women killed. So the women were brought back in and killed at a later date by gladiators. So, but again, I just, I, I marvel at the, the strength of these women and, and, and what it teaches us about femininity. Because femininity, I think, so often misunderstood today. You know, it's equated with a kind of a, I don't know, excessive emotional emotional roller coaster of just of, of excessive sensitivity and and dare I say even just weakness that's the way it's kind of understood you know if you're too kind of uh, maternal or feminine it, it seems to mean weakness says who 
Says who? Like, to be a mom and to love your kids. I mean, I remember my, my sister, my sister Norma, uh, she might be watching this. Uh, she was a quiet girl, very quiet girl in her, teen, in, in her teens. With very, very unassuming. Very, like, for those who, who are here, very like Eva, actually. Uh, you're, you're actually very alike. Uh, and uh, so she would have been, you know, wouldn't have been kind of boisterous in any way, shape or form. But once she had her first child, you know what I mean? She'd be walking down the street. That manhole is dangerous. I'm going to, I'm going to start a petition, you know, and like anything for her children. Like she just became a bear. <laughs> just like nothing would stop her. Like for, for, for her kids, she'd do anything. But is that weakness? Is that maternity in any way, in any way weak? Absolutely not. You know, like it, it gave such, such courage and such fight and I, I don't know where she gets it, but such a, a, a source of, the, the word energy sounds so new age these days, but I don't know how else to phrase it. Um, such a source of, like, yeah, energy, life. I don't know. Like, when they, she'd be wrecked tired and still has time to serve. And then there's another nappy to change. And then there's another child to be brought somewhere or picked up from somewhere. And she just keeps finding the resources in her to do that. Like, it's just incredible. Is that in any way weak? Is maternity in any way weakness? Is femininity in any way weak? No. No, not at all. Not when it's correctly understood. Just like in the same way, is masculinity all about dominance and like this kind of machoist strength? No. Not when it's correctly understood. No. No. Any, anybody, any man who understands masculinity knows that any form of strength that, he's, that he is given is given to serve. It's given for others, not for himself. So these, these women, they teach us, they teach, well, they, they teach men, I suppose, about the, the, the courage of, of the courage and beauty of femininity and maternity and faith and what we can learn from, from these unstoppable women. At the end of our reading today, we hear this very, very simple command. You must love your neighbor as yourself I am the Lord I love when the Lord says that at the end of a statement it's like you know you must love your neighbour as yourself I'm God by the way the fellow who's saying this so you all want to listen up it's like it's like it's just he's really underlining like it is the Lord who speaks this is the Lord I am the Lord are you listening are you listening to love our neighbour as ourself and is this not like part of that, that the heart of femininity to love the other is in, in the family dare I say femininity actually even calls us to more come on did I say us calls calls calls, calls if I say ye or you know, something I'm accusing ye okay but it is a ye thing because it's not okay Femininity, like, it actually calls ye to more <laughs> than we must love our neighbours ourselves because I think real maternity loves the family, loves the child, loves the husband more than oneself. Not, it's not even just loving your neighbours yourself. It's, it's loving your neighbour more than yourself. It's even more than, than, than what we do here. So it makes our, our hearts even more Christ-like. That not just loving our neighbour, you know, I like to be treated this way, so I'll treat others that way. It's like, I like to be treated this way, so I'm going to treat others even better. 
And again, this is what we learned from, from our, our, our saints today, our martyrs. So we asked them, we asked their prayers intercession as they wear the, the crown of martyrdom in heaven. May they pray for, for all men for an appreciation and love of authentic femininity. And may they intercede and pray for all women that that gift of femininity, maternity, service that they've been given may never be seen as weakness, but may be seen as their way of building up the kingdom of God. Amen.